Welcome back. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am Pastor Nate Johnstone. Paul, that's when you talk. Hello, I'm Paul. (laughs) (laughs) You you caught me. Caught you. This is Pastor Paul Anderson, and we have fun, guys. We have fun doing this. Yes. Uh, We've been doing, uh, for at least three weeks now, a sermon series on the cross. As we're recording this, it's the Lenten season, and so this seemed to be very appropriate to be talking about the cross, and we talked about how healing is found in the cross. All manner of healing, no matter what you mean by healing, it can be found in the cross through what Jesus did for us. And I think we're going to dig in deeper to that today, in a way, by talking about um, the vulnerability of the cross and what Jesus displayed on the cross and what that means for us. Paul, why don't you kind of introduce... I will. Yes. I did a blog on it, and I'm going Great. to read that for you so we can talk about it, okay? Great. So, think about mascots on different teams. We've got the Minnesota Vikings. The best one, of course. Yes. Norwegian Lutherans, and you're the one that pointed this out to me first, had a liturgy that read, Spare Us from the Vikings. That's how much they hated the Vikings. These were not good people. They were terrorizing. So we've also got the Timberwolves. Teams usually pick aggressive names like the Bears, the Lions, the Tigers. You don't have the kitty cats. (laughs) No. But we're getting there. Could we use something nicer? So how about the Minnesota Lilacs? I love that. Okay. Here's one. The Minnesota Lambs. Hmm. Laughable? Then think of the Son of God, the one through whom and by whom all things were made, the King over all kings, the Lord over all lords. When he comes to the earth he created, he comes not as Lord, but as Lamb. John saw it, Behold, the Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. Hard to think of an animal more defenseless, right? He came not to dominate, but to die. Not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm -hmm. The cross is Jesus at his weakest, and God God at his strongest. Foolishness to the wisdom of the world, but wiser than man's wisdom and stronger than man's strength. One cannot get more vulnerable than hands stretched out, nailed to a crossbar. There is the helpless Son of God, and there is the power of God unto salvation. So, how do we overcome the enemy? far stronger than any terrorist by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12, 11. How are we to walk in the world? Jesus said, I send you out as lambs among the wolves. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) we'll get ripped apart. What's up here? When Paul was Saul, he was aggressive and competitive. He had, by his own estimation, advanced beyond his contemporaries. So zealous was I 
for the tradition of my fathers. But he learned a new way of living. He was given a thorn in the flesh. It was painful. So Paul prayed like he did when others were in pain, and it didn't work. He prayed again and again. No change. Instead, a word from heaven. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul concluded, when I am weak, then I am strong. The former all-star didn't like being weak, but he came to understand how God worked through weakness. It became a strategy for ministry and a way of life. He found that, like Romans 8 says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, not in our strength. Well, we don't like being weak either, so if we're weak, we may pretend that we're strong. Fake it till you make it, right? We give the appearance of strength, but that doesn't help us to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I think of my professor at seminary who said, when I mentor people, the first thing I do is I share a failure. Yeah, that's great. Good way to operate. The Pharisees pretended to be holy. In fact, they were thieves and murderers, sinners in religious clothes. They had no idea how to walk as lambs. So my question is, do you? So give me a thumbs up if what you hear now when I read shows appropriate weakness. Andrew, our firstborn of six, wrote this email to his siblings a few years back. He says, I want to head into this new year with no regrets. One of my re biggest regrets is how I have not been gracious toward you. I know many times I've been harsh and I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't have said that, but he did. I wish I had specific things to point out. I am sad and sorry and ask for you to forgive me. With love, Andrew. And that was to his brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Way to be weak, Andrew. Mm -hmm. You helped to change the atmosphere in our home. Go the way of the cross. Your weakness matches well with God's strength. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little more about the ways Jesus was weak on the cross. Talk about him being vulnerable, never been so vulnerable. Walk us through that a little bit. Well, when you think of the posture of someone who's trying to keep from being hurt, they're guarding themselves. Got your hands up. If, 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 you, if you could see this, I am, I am uh, pretending to be a fighter. And the fighter guards his face, the most vulnerable part, with his gloves, with his dukes. In fact, <clears throat> arguably the greatest fighter, Floyd Mayweather, people who know anything about boxing have heard that name, 62 and zip. He never lost a fight. He would taunt the other boxers by saying, hey, you're not hurting me, you're not hurting me, as they're trying to get through and, and hit him. He, he never got knocked out. 
in 62 fights. He's the only fighter that never lost a bout, uh, professional. Well, look at this posture now. I'm going to stretch my arms out. It's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Look at how vulnerable Jesus is. In fact, they're pinned. His his hands are out and pinned to a crossbeam. So what are people doing? They're throwing things at him. They're spitting mm-hmm. at him. They're hitting him. They're mm-hmm. yelling at him. They're abusing him. And he is pinned. He is defenseless. This is Jesus at his absolute weakest time. And what does Paul say? It is God at his strongest. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, it's it's no wonder that the Israelites of Jesus' day had a hard time accepting the Messiah because he came in such a humble way. Oh, my. He acted so humbly. The vulnerability that you just talked about on the cross, that is not the picture they had of the line of the tribe of Judah. Oh, anything but. How could that be God? And They, they, I, they had a concept of the, the sacrificial lamb, but I don't think they knew this was coming. No, they didn't. I don't think the devil did either, um, which is a whole other topic. But I think the devil thought he was winning. Yes. By killing Jesus. Yes. And yes. I'm guessing most of the people did too. It seems the disciples thought that Jesus was losing. The Romans got him. They're killing him. He's dying right now. Why aren't you doing a miracle? Why don't you get off the cross? Mm-hmm. He could have, obviously. He could have got off the cross, wiped out every Roman with a thought. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh he had a charge of what legions of angels mm-hmm. at his beck and call, and yet he didn't. He chose to allow himself to be utterly humiliated. Yeah. It doesn't get any more humiliating than being whipped, beaten, bloodied, have your beard torn out, and be crucified naked in front of everybody. I mean, it, it doesn't get more humiliating than this. And the all-powerful God allows that to happen. It's, it's bizarre. It's staggering. It's, we can't imagine that's God there. It's unbelievable. And this is just one of the evidences that, you know, the, the authors of the New Testament didn't make this stuff up. This is not how you start a religion. Mm-hmm. You don't make up a God who gets murdered. Mm-hmm. You make up a God who never gets touched and is invulnerable. And displays strength through power and force. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of God you invent. Only the true God would come in absolutely the opposite spirit of that. Mm-hmm. To the point of being willing to be so vulnerable. And to be murdered right in front of everybody like that. Yes. yes. It's, it's hard to... It, it staggers the imagination. It, it honestly does. does. When I look at the cross, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I cut... How can God love us that much that he's willing to do that? I mean, I, I have a son and two mm-hmm. daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not letting one of them get crucified for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. And, but God himself, God the Father, mm-hmm. allowed that of his son. And Jesus volunteered. It said before the foundation of the world, he was crucified. 
So that means before they even started creation, they foresaw everything that would happen. And Jesus said, I'll volunteer to go down and be the sacrifice for them. He counted not equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. And then it goes on to say, he became obedient unto death. And then it goes farther, even death on a cross. As if it wasn't already ridiculous enough (laughs) that God would stoop to become a human and that he would be born in the incredible humble way he was no 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 it gets worse he let himself be murdered no 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 wait it gets worse the way he let himself be murdered i mean it's the lowest form of gentile death that that's the romans and they made it public it wasn't out in the sticks it was right outside the city usually on the most busy streets or intersections is where they would do it and it was the busiest day of the year it was the day before the biggest passover of the year and so that place was swarming with jews from around the world who were coming in for the passover celebration yep so all kinds of thousands of people could see this and there was mockery for that whole nine Mm -hmm. six six hours nine o'clock to three o'clock and yet, we know that this act of dying on the cross was the greatest act of power in history. Because yes. it did all the things we've been talking about in this series. It set us free. It healed us from sin and from the power of sin in our present lives and helped us to be sanctified. It healed us from sorrows and griefs and pains. And it healed us physically and emotionally. The power of the cross is unbelievable. But when you look at it... It seems like the opposite. It seems like a failure. There, mm-hmm. there, there was a song by a, a band that wasn't good for me to listen to as a kid, but I did anyway, as a teenager. Um, and the song was called The God That Failed. And it was about Jesus on the cross and how, hey, how stupid are all these people who believed in this God who obviously failed because oh he got murdered. Oh my. And I was like, this is exactly what Paul was talking about. The Mm -hmm. cross is foolishness Mm -hmm. to the world. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. But to those who are being saved, (coughs) it's the power, (coughs) the power of God. And it really is. It's hard to understand it when you look at it. How could Jesus be so vulnerable? Um, Why? Can you think of why? Why do you think he had to be this vulnerable? Consistently, God's ways are opposite our natural inclination. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? The way to go high is to go low. Yeah. The way to become rich is to become poor. The way to be strong, as I've shared here, is to become weak. Well, that's not my inclination. My inclination is if I feel weak is to pretend I'm strong. Exactly. And I did that as a young adult. I pretended I was okay when I wasn't. I didn't want to let people know that when I was in seminary, I felt like I was going crazy. I was an emotional wreck. I was afraid to raise my hand in class. When the telephone rang in my room, I was afraid. And I didn't want people to know, and so I kept it to myself, except for very close friends, and they prayed for me. 
because I didn't like being weak. Paul wasn't used to being weak. He was the strong guy. He was the, like it said in Galatians 1, I advanced beyond my contemporaries. He was a competitor. And he was showing them, I am better than you are. But then after this time of, of physical, well, I don't know what the thorn in the flesh, it was physical or emotional or spiritual. We don't know. We don't. It could have been uh, an adversary who was maligning him and making him look bad. Or it could have been a mental issue because he talks about, he gives his, his uh, intellectual pedigree right beforehand. Uh-huh. And then he says, and now I have this. So, you know, if it was blindness or maybe dementia or something that he was struggling with, that would be humbling. If you were an intellectual and now you had Alzheimer's Mm. or blackouts or even blindness. He was a scholar. You know, imagine being blind as a scholar. You can't read. Or maybe it was that he couldn't write anymore with his hands. I don't know what it was, but it was something that he felt was very humiliating and, and he, made him very vulnerable he he figured he was going to get healed from it mm-hmm. and he prayed and didn't change and he prayed again he said i prayed three times if i had written that i would have said i prayed 20 times well he probably meant he called the whole church together to pray and fast for a month three different times <laughs> that could be he was pretty hardcore yeah but then when it didn't happen and he's wondering what's going on, that's when he heard God speak something to him that became a new paradigm for him. Yep. It became a new way of operating. And it's the kind of thing that we come to expect from God because it's the upside-down life of the Christian. Mm-hmm. And so he's... We, we know these words, and you know them when I start saying them. You'll probably say them with me who are listening to this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made known in weakness. And so he began to embrace weakness. He said, therefore... I'm okay with persecution. I'm okay with insults. I'm okay with uh, with uh, hardships, with difficulties, because when I am weak, then I am strong. This isn't double talk. <laughs> it's not double talk. It's the way God operates. It's very, very clear, but it's so opposite for of us it's exactly. that it's impossible to understand. We can read that verse 50 times and be like, yeah, but how can God be stronger for me if I am weak? Yeah, but but how can God be stronger for me, though? Because <laughs> we, we can't accept the fact that our weakness le- leads to strength. Yes. It makes no sense to us. It is not natural. And that's why I like the illustration that I came with with my son, Andrew. Let me tell you what happened with the result of that. Yeah. Andrew got weak and he confessed something. I, I didn't think he needed to do this, but he felt it was before the new year and he wanted to come clean before the new year. It seemed like he was feeling... Some sort of conviction from the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely he was. And what kind of response do you think he got from his sibs? 
You think they were responsive? I think so. What I, I bet it, I bet it opened up. What his example and his ability to go low probably opened up other people and gave them permission to maybe do the same. Two weeks later, now we're getting real close to the new year. We're getting late December. Gabriel, you know Gabriel, number two son, he wrote something. Hmm. And he said, thank you, Andrew. And as I think about that, what would have happened if Andrew had played the role of the firstborn? Hey, I, I expect some some respect from you guys. He would have gotten a he would have gotten a tussle. If he had picked a fight, he would have gotten a fight. Mm-hmm. But he didn't pick a fight. It's like his hands are out like this. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm I messed up as an elder brother. And so Gabriel, he steps in and he also confesses. Here's the truth behind that. When I'm vulnerable, it releases grace. Mm-hmm. It releases a spirit of vulnerability. Jesus was absolutely vulnerable at the cross, and it releases this power for us to be weak in ourselves, because Jesus and his weakness was God in his strength. And if I learn that and embrace, rather than pretending, the willingness to be truthful, honest, vulnerable, it's going to release something in the air. It released something in our whole house. I'll tell you, it changed our household because Gabriel then acknowledged it. And then in that atmosphere, we had this dinner, a normal dinner. Four of the six kids were there. We got up from dinner and they asked me if I was going to play this game. And I looked at it. It was is Settlers of Catan. I've never played it and I never will. Great. You should consider it. It's, really, it's a great game. I don't play long games. I looked at it. Oh, that's a three-hour game. I'm not going to play it. And they said, oh, no. And I said, no, I want us to talk. And they yeah, said, well, yeah, that, yeah. that really sounds fun. And I said, no, here's what I want to do. And I did not know what I was going to say. I think God snuck up on me. Because I said, I want us to talk, and here's what I want us to talk about. I want you to tell me, I didn't know yet, where I have failed you as a father. Yikes. Wow. That came out of my mouth. I wasn't expecting to say that. I hadn't anticipated it for two seconds, honestly. And I think God just God just had me say it. And... So there it was, and you would have thought they would have waited a few seconds before jumping in. <laughs> they, Karis yeah. went right for it. The baby. Well, the baby. Yeah. She jumped in first. I wouldn't have expected her to start, but she said, we're not a hugging family. And absolutely, I wanted to say we're not a what? But I knew I couldn't. And so I, I held myself because I'm a hugger, as you know. And... I said, really? I looked over to Andrew. I said, Andrew, is she right? And he said, yes. Hmm. So that really hurt. Yeah. Because I'm a hugger. And my dad was a a hugger. 
But somehow he didn't hug his kids as much as he hugged other people. And I realized, same with me. Mm -hmm. And boy, that hurt. And I said, my, I'm so sorry. And I've made it, I'm, I made up for that now. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Making I'm, up for lost I'm times. I'm really <laughs> hugging him a lot. And then Andrew said, we know you love us. But sometimes it feels like you love them more. Mm-hmm. And them was the people who were flocking to her house on, then it was Tuesday night. I think a lot of pastor's kids feel that. I know of places that have pastor's kids support groups. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because well, they feel like their their father or mother or both were stolen from them when they were children by the church. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, that hurt, and I said, you know, I can understand why you'd say that. I'm going to prove to you that that isn't true. And over then I was more sensitive to it, mm-hmm. and more I was going to hug him, and I was going to tell him, and now they wouldn't say that. Now Karis wouldn't say what she said, and Andrew wouldn't say it, because. but I'm so thankful. We had a meeting two weeks later, and I said, we're going to meet with all six of the kids, and I want you to tell me what you like about being in our family and what you don't like. And I wish every dad could have the meeting that we had hmm. because it was it was life-changing. It, it changed our family, and it opened it up. It, we, it breathed more. It, uh, and, and it began with Andrew's vulnerability. I feel like that's where it kicked in. Wow. He led the way. And so the reason I share that, Nate, is that I, I would like fathers that are hearing this to be vulnerable with their children. Mm-hmm. I was almost tricked into it. I feel like <laughs> God kind of got me set up. And I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to say that because that led to things happening in our home. And I'd, I'd like fathers to share their struggles with their sons during this season Israel came to me and he he, he came to me and, and uh, Karen his mom and he said I felt like the flawed child in a flawless family he was crying hmm. when he said this and I said didn't I ever share with you my struggles no didn't you ever talk to your brothers no no how terrible, how sad that he thinks that we're a perfect family and he's the only imperfect one. And had we shared, been vulnerable, Mm -hmm. been open, confessing our weakness, confessing our struggles, he he never would have had to say that, but he went through that struggle. Thankfully now, I'm more open and they're, they're all more open. So my hope is that this will give courage to people that as Jesus was vulnerable at the cross uh, and, and truly weak, that I like 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, I think that's being vulnerable. That's yeah. being, if, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we get two things that, that Satan says we won't get. Satan says, if you walk in the light, you're going to get shame and you're going to get ridicule. Well, no, we get fellowship. And we get forgiveness hmm. if we walk in the light. So 
the vulnerability of the cross is the center for all kinds of healing. It is. For people who are willing to be honest. So I, I, I really, it means a lot to me, uh, this whole thing of vulnerability. It's, it's amazing. I mean, the vulnerability of the cross, it just, it commands your attention. It's like, I have to understand this. I have to understand who would do this and why. And then yeah. you find, you read the Bible and you find out that it was God himself who did it and he did it for me. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's, it's too good to be true. Yes. But it actually is. It is. It is. <laughs> it's amazing. And so if you're, if you're, embarrassed by your weakness, embarrassed by your struggles, embarrassed by your inadequacies, man, that can be the very thing that brings strength. If you learn how to live with those things and accept them, it's not that God's going to change all of them and make you the strongest person. He may, that he may want to use that, that very inability to show his ability, that weakness to show his strength. So I pray for all of you listening that mm. you can learn to boast, mm -hmm. not in yourself or your strengths or your gifts, but that you can learn to boast in your weaknesses. Mm. Mm -hmm. That you could be vulnerable with your family and your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, at work, you could share struggles and failures, not as mm. a complaining thing, but as a genuine opening up. When mm -hmm. you open up, it gives freedom for other people to open up. Mm -hmm. And it can be a bridge for people to encounter Jesus. Absolutely. It, like they've never done before. As we emulate him on the cross, mm -hmm. it gives people a chance to see him through us. And so I pray for you who are listening that you could um, walk into that more and more in your family, at work, and in other aspects of your life. Good. In Jesus' name. Good. Amen. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.